0: see, it's not our missionaries. It's not them doing what they are called to do. It is not their work. It is our work. It is the great commission. And if they don't have strength, if they don't have support, if they don't have what they need, we lose ground.
1: Well, for them, there are no glitzy, televised annual awards for their contribution to the kingdom. There are no stage lights and doting fans, no book signings and red carpets. For them, it's often a no-recognition, under-the-radar daily attempt to teach and represent Christ in other parts of the world. These heroes of the faith are our missionaries. And today, let's readjust our thinking about who they are and how they connect with us. Welcome to Living a Legacy featuring the Bible teaching ministry of Crawford Lorentz. Crawford has invested over 50 years of his life in Christian ministry. He's been a missionary, pastor, seminary professor, speaker, author, and today heads a mentoring ministry called Beyond Our Generation. Today we'll hear another message Crawford gave while senior pastor of Fellowship Bible Church in Roswell, Georgia. The message was designed to honor the missionaries of fellowship, but there is plenty for us to grab hold of related to those we know who represent the work of Christ in other parts of the country or the world. Let's head in our Bibles to Exodus chapter 17. Here's Crawford Loretz on Living a Legacy.
0: I want you to turn with me to uh, a passage of Scripture in the Old Testament. It's back in Exodus chapter 17, and just leave your Bible open there for, for a while. We live in a society that celebrates the exploits of the individual. You know, most of the Western world we read about great people who have individually done great things, how they've accomplished marvelous things and as if they did it all by themselves. But the truth of the matter is hardly anybody, even the celebrated great individuals ever did it all by themselves. Anybody that's accomplished anything, chances are, if you look real closely, there are a whole bunch of people blowing wind into their sails. The movie Amazing Grace chronicles, in a very brief period of time, the greatness of William Wilberforce. In fact, uh, parentheses here, I'd suggest that you go and get his biography that fills in some wonderful gaps that obviously the film didn't have time to do. We talk about Wilberforce, we celebrate his contribution, we celebrate his greatness, we celebrate, you know, his courage and how focused he was. But the truth of the matter is, William Wilberforce struggled with depression most of his life. Honestly, that 20-year battle took everything out of him. He would have never been successful at what he did or fulfilling his mission had it not been for a handful of trusted friends who are committed to him who wouldn't even let him quit but they blew wind in his sails all of us are called to fulfill the Great Commission and I don't mean to sound trite uh, we use this expression all the time every believer is a missionary but that is true we're all called to do what these missionaries are doing there's no such thing as spectator involvement The Great Commission has been given to every follower of Jesus Christ. That's what he's all about in the world. It's not about us. It's not about my Christianity. It's not about me living a nice, decent, godly life extracted from any outreach, but just having Jesus to myself. Every last one of us, we're critical to what God is doing in the world. Now today we're celebrating our partnership these men and women have laid their lives down in a vocational way to focus the full-time attention of their lives and, and fulfilling a vision that God has called them to. And I don't think there's any noble, more noble thing than we can do than to come alongside of them and encourage them and support them. They are targets of the enemy. And I hope you understand by now, I'm not one of these guys that believes and that there's a devil behind every door. I think some of my Christian friends get too absorbed and obsessed with spiritual warfare, and in a backhanded kind of way, they begin to idolize the devil by giving him too much time. But spiritual warfare is real. And when you start talking about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, unlike William Wilberforce that uh, focused on the abolition of the slave trade, setting slaves free, we're talking about setting captives to, to sin free. You start focusing on that, then the enemy puts you in their in his crosshairs. In Exodus chapter 17, there is this marvelous little insight into partnership and encouragement. We picked the story up. I really want to camp on verse 12 just for a few minutes, but we picked the story up in verse 8. Then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Back in Exodus chapter 4, that's what God found Moses with those 40 years in the wilderness where he was chasing those sheep and leading them and protecting them. He used that staff as a representative of the gifts and abilities and a manifest presence of God that Moses would carry with him as a symbol of God's presence so he said I'm gonna stand up on the hill with the staff of God in my hand so Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek while Moses Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill whenever Moses held up his hand Israel prevailed and whenever he lowered his hand Amalek prevailed now you get the tension here they're at the top of the hill there's this battle down in the valley the intercessors at the top of the hill and down in the valley is commander, Joshua. When Moses' hands are held up high, Israel prevails. But when they begin to slip, the Amalekites prevail. And Moses is not a spring chicken. He's an old guy. And whenever he holds up the staff, Israel wins. And now we come to verse 12. But Moses' hands grew weary. Moses' hands through weary it's a long day long battle and after a couple of hours of trying to hold your hands up they begin to slip the word weary is the hebrew word chabad it's a great word it means heavy burdensome now put it in its context moses was doing what god wanted him to do he was commissioned by god for this battle this wasn't against God's will. He was in the center of God's will, and yet at the same time, he was experiencing exhaustion. Don't believe that lie. Don't believe that lie that if you're doing what God wants you to do that you'll always be encouraged. That's nonsense. Don't believe the lie that if you're doing what God calls you to do, you'll never get tired. That's nonsense. Don't believe the lie that if you're doing what God tells you to do, you'll never feel the pressure and burdens. That's nonsense. As one old sage says, there's a difference between being tired in the work and being tired of the work. There are plenty of times you get tired in the work. Since I've been here, I've been tired in the work. If you're not careful, though, if you don't get some help, you'll get tired of the work. Aaron and Hur are standing next to Moses, and they see this thing, and they understand what's at stake, and so they come alongside of him. And let me give you four quick snapshots, four observations about encouragement right here in this little verse. But Moses' hands grew weary, Chabad. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Number one, they gave him rest in the midst of the work. They knew that it was too, it was, it was, it was too important for him to quit. Now's not the time for R&R. You, 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 can't, you can't come home on furlough. Now's not the time to leave the field. It's important, but yet at the same time, if you keep going after it at this pace, we're going to lose. So what they did is they came alongside of him, And they gave him rest in the midst of the work. You know, it'd be wonderful for all of us to find out from our missionaries, what what are the exhausting things? What are the things that take energy out of them? And come alongside of them and find out how can we lighten their load? How can we take some stuff off their plate? What can we do to encourage them? What can we do to give them a little bit of rest In the midst of the work, Karen and I have great friends, uh, very successful business folks who have a calling in their lives. And their calling is to come alongside of missionaries and those that labor in ministry and to give them breaks, to give them places to go to, rest, relax. Secondly, they understood the mission. Aaron and Hur knew what was at stake. The next line says, But Moses' hands grew weary, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it while Aaron and Hur held up his hands. They they understood that if he didn't keep those hands up, we're going to be lost. It wasn't just Moses that was going to be lost. It wasn't just that Joshua and the army would lose the battle. If Moses' hands wasn't kept up, the whole, everybody was at stake. Everybody, it would be over. See, it's not our missionaries. It's not them doing what they are called to do. It is not their work. It is our work. It is the great commission. And if they don't have strength, if they don't have support, if they don't have what they need, we lose ground. You know, this thing of the Great Commission is not some little uh, project. The eternal destiny of the world is at stake. It's not some little charity gig where you're giving a few bucks to somebody because it's a good cause. It's loss. Mothers in Zambia with HIV who are dying that need to hear the hope of Jesus. Kids and single parents in Appalachia who need a cup of cold water in Jesus' name and the good news of Christ. So they understood what was at stake. If we don't hold his hands up, we're going to be lost. I don't do this often, but I want to encourage every single one of us today. And I I know Sunday afternoon you work real hard all week and, and, you know, you got to get up tomorrow morning. But I want to encourage every last one of us to come back here to understand the mission on the hearts of these missionaries. What are they called to do? And how can I help you? To fulfill that calling. Third observation, right here in the passage, yeah. Aaron and her knew their role. That's very obvious. While well, Aaron and her held up their hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And I don't want to milk this for more than what it says, but they understood that both hands need to be held up. They couldn't just stand on one side. They understood which side they needed to stand on. Now, this application is a little bit of a stretch here, but nevertheless, it is also true. We need to find out what can we specifically bring to the table to help these missionaries to be effective. We need to find out what's on their hearts. What are their needs? What are their struggles? What are the roadblocks that, that's in front of them? And then share with them, what abilities and gifts and concerns and interests and resources that I may have, a context that I may have, to come alongside of them and to play my part synergistically to help lift the burdens. So important. I can't tell you the number of times. Karen and I have spent our, over 30 years of our lives involved in, in, in missions. We've raised our support. Boy, it's like a breath of fresh air to have someone call you and say, Crawford, what are your needs? What are you working on right now? Well, what, what can I do to help? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I know some people. Yeah, I can do that. No, no, don't, don't bother yourself about that. I got that covered. We need to become proactive partners, not just passive partners. Taking the initiative to find out What's in the battle? What side do you want me to stand on? And how high do you need me to raise your hands? What can I do? And the fourth and final observation right here from the passage (coughs) is that they stood with him to the end. So his hands, the last clause says, were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. You got to understand, that wasn't the easy thing for Aaron and her to stand there all day long holding up Moses' arms. It Wasn't that Moses got tired, they got tired too. They didn't treat Moses as a project because they shared the urgency of the calling they whispered in his ear we're here until the battle's over we're not checking out on you one of the problems we have here in the west and i have this disease myself is that we're so impatient we get bored real quick we get bored real quick And i can give something and yeah that's great wonderful okay here's something else that's interests me by the way you can find somebody else let me turn to this deal and we, we just kind of, it's like an epidemic. We just kind of, next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing, next. No, missionaries need to know that there are a handful of people. There are some folks that are with me until the ride is over. I'll never forget when Karen and I uh, made the decision that I wouldn't pursue a pastorate after I finished my education, but that I would... Uh, I joined up with this organization called American Missionary Fellowship as an evangelist. Uh, Someone very dear and near to me and my family said to me, boy, what are you going to fall back on? I just said, Jesus. And I will never forget this. I was a little discouraged about this, and I was preaching at a little tiny church in central Pennsylvania, Bainbridge, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania right along the Susquehanna River, little tiny place. I shared a little bit about what we would be doing and our call in our lives, and this businessman, John Fullerton, came up to me and said, young man, as long as I'm living, you have support. And he didn't lie. That little church, that entire little church, supported us for more than 30 years. Oh, to know that there are a group of people that are with you until the ride is over. Listen, integrity is a a big deal with me, okay? One of the things we got to be careful of, we have to be careful of saying that something is a core value of ours and then we don't do it. Missions is not an emphasis at this church. It is a reason for our existence. (laughs) Missions is not something that we just focus on. It is a releasing component of maturity in Christ. And that's what we're really all about. And every last one of us that calls fellowship its home, and I'm not saying this for a guilt trip, every last one of us that calls fellowship its home has to be vitally involved in this thing called the fulfillment of the Great Commission either by giving praying going or mobilizing it is who we are quite frankly and and, and forgive my my negative overtone here but quite frankly the way we do church in these United States is too much church ink where church really really exists for my need, for where I am, for where my kids are, for what's going on in my life. And by the way, ain't nothing necessarily wrong with that. We should be held accountable to meaningfully minister to our people. But it's not about us. It's about the cause of Christ. The clock is ticking. We don't know when he's coming back again. We don't know when we're gonna die. Heaven is real, hell is real, and we've gotta mobilize for the harvest. We just have a little brief time and we're losing urgency. And we need to blow huge gale force winds into the sails of those representing us out there on the front line. It's a lot at stake. There's a lot at stake. I want you to bow your heads with me. I'm going to ask Tim to come up and Lay softly as we meditate. I, Lee mentioned the card in the seat back in front of you. Here's my challenge to every last one of us, every individual and or family, should join the ministry of one of those people listed on that card. Either to pray for them on a regular basis, commit to go and visit them on their field, The Lord opens that opportunity. Perhaps he'll lead you to give over and beyond what you support the church to help them. Maybe he'll use you to mobilize, to organize, to find out what their needs are and to be a champion for them. I want them to feel our love, to know that we are with them because they're an extension. Of our heart for the world. You ask God to show you what to do, take it seriously, talk to some of the missionaries and see how God would lead you, but they need some errands and hers to hold up these arms. Father, we bow before your presence to thank you for the great privilege it is to be a part of what you're doing in the world. Thank you for every missionary father that's here. Perhaps some of them Lord are are just sailing high because of the great things that God is doing and great visible results and the ability to see things happen and have goals and objectives fulfilled. But the truth of the matter is that there are others who are struggling, support is low, feeling that uh, nobody really values them, challenges with kids, perhaps teams and organizational structure that's taking energy away from them rather than encouraging them. Even bad decisions, Lord, choices. God, I pray that you'll use our body to love, to encourage, to strengthen, to bless. May we stand in your presence one day with joy in our hearts, being able to declare, Lord God, we gave what you gave to us to reach out and touch the lives of others. We bless your name, Father, for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Dr. Crawford Loretz here on Living a Legacy, a message he delivered several years ago when he pastored Fellowship Bible Church of Roswell, Georgia, and that message still has relevance for us. Missionaries are part of the body of Christ. They are part of our work, and we are part of their work. We are united in the work of the gospel. Here again are those four observations about the roles of Aaron and her when supporting Moses during a battle. Number one, Aaron and Hur gave Moses rest in the midst of the work. Number two, they understood the mission. Number three, they understood their individual roles. And number four, they stood with Moses to the end. Well, if you missed out on part of today's message, it's available to hear on our website. Start with livingalegacy.org and look for the message Missionary Partnership. Or download the message for free. Look for the MP3 link at livingalegacy.org. Thanks for joining us today. For Crawford Lawrence, I'm Bill Davis. This program is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.